From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is CQ Now, your nonpartisan news source for how the inside workings of Congress and the federal government shape the real world. Honeymoons don't last forever, and for new House Speaker Paul Ryan, the grace period could run out next year when demands for ideological purity collide with the reality of legislative give and take. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by CQ Roll Call Editorial Director David Ellis. Ryan's fellow House Republicans basically implored him to take the Speaker's gavel, and they cheered when he succeeded John Boehner. What do you think his biggest challenge is for 2016? It's both simple and complicated. It's to be seen as legislating and accomplishing something. The complication in that is that he will have to do so with an incumbent president that many in his own caucus loathe. So that's kind of an impassable situation. I mean, he's a fresh face. It's at least perceived as a fresh start. Things just It just seems to stand to reason things will go better than they would have with Boehner, right? Not necessarily, and the number you can focus on is 40. Those are the number of lawmakers who are in the House Freedom Caucus, which most people outside the Beltway might uh, remember as sort of the Tea Party. Those are the people who are the most ideological pure on the right, and they have already made it very clear uh, about the skepticism they view uh, Paul Ryan's uh, record. And it seems like outside conservative groups like Club for Growth and Heritage Action stoke that sentiment. They're going to say whatever Ryan does isn't enough, and they have significant sway beyond those 40. They certainly do, Adriel. In fact, Heritage Action is the – it's basically the legislative arm of the Heritage Group, a very influential think tank here in Washington. When Heritage Action scores a bill – says we support it or not. Everyone in the House Freedom Caucus goes with that. Uh, A significant number with the 246 strong Republican majority in the House goes with that. Here's the nut. Paul Ryan's lifetime average score is 62% with Heritage Action. That's lower than the average Republican score of 64%. And it's a group that essentially demands from its followers 100% obedience. Ryan is an ambitious guy. How do you reconcile that with his very public reluctance or maybe even extended contemplation to take the speaker's job? Well, Adriel, I'd say that is a real sign of ambition in that he stage managed his contemplation very, very well. He went back to Wisconsin. He talked about his reluctance to spend time away from his family. He made it clear that unlike his predecessor, Mr. Boehner. He didn't want to spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights glad-handing at fundraisers. Uh, So uh, as far as making angst a public uh, point of discussion and making the reluctance to take the speaker's gavel uh, a storyline, he's accomplished a great deal. And it's probably no surprise that one of the first things he did in office was to expand the communications department. So he's pitching a message of bipartisanship and comedy in the short run. Do we even know what the message is for next year? The message is unity and legislation. What the reality will be remains to be seen. Let's just focus, for example, on one of the hottest topics in Washington right now, immigration. Just before he took the speaker's chair, uh, Mr. Ryan met with the House Freedom Caucus and one of their number, Mo Brooks, uh, released a letter it was basically this a memorandum of understanding of what Ryan and his right wing had agreed to. One of those provisions was that Paul Ryan, as long as he was speaker, would not introduce 
meaningful and broad-based immigration reform as long as President Barack Obama was in office. Now, there may be some provisions in other laws or even standalone measures for border control or Department of Homeland Security uh, funding, but there will be no immigration uh, reform in this presidency. Now, that has Democrats, including uh, Illinois Representative uh, Luis Gutierrez, saying that's thrown the 2016 election for the presidency to the Democrats because they will run on that pact. So they're tying his hands somewhat, but isn't it easier to be ideologically pure when people aren't expecting a lot out of you? It is, but he's also saying that this is not a time for um, score settling, that this is not a time to lay blame, and that this is a time for comedy, unity, and accomplishment. Uh, but even while he was delivering that message, I think you could it was belied by the body language. I'll give you an example. When uh, John Boehner gave way to Paul Ryan. He reached out to give him a handshake and then pulled Ryan in and gave him a big bear hug. Boehner then went back to the chamber and then, as is traditional, the minority leader, in this case the former speaker Nancy Pelosi, had the gavel and announced that she was now handing it to Paul Ryan as speaker. She reached forward, sort of leaned forward, and Paul Ryan stood back and shook her hand. I think the fact that he was more willing to have a bear hug with John Boehner and was completely unwilling to be seen as having a, a hug or an embrace with his Democratic counterpart tells you both something about the political savvy of the man and the actual political reality behind the words of unity. So why does Ryan fear such an image with Nancy Pelosi? It's simple. Uh, it will be used against him. If he was seen uh, embracing Nancy, even at the best day of his life thus far, uh, if he has to turn to Democrats for votes for a contentious piece of legislation next year, opposition groups like Heritage Action will be sending that image out in a fundraising letter. Should he run for president in 2020 or later, anything that makes him look soft or accommodationalist with the Democrats, will also employ that letter. So there's in that very moment of coming together in Kumbaya, you have Paul Ryan already calculating the political hazards of comedy and Kumbaya. What has been Ryan's MO on the Syrian refugee crisis and how the House handles that? Uh, in a phrase, split the difference. Uh, there's some very hot rhetoric now on the campaign trail from the Republican uh, Party candidates, everything from having a database of Muslims, branding Muslims in the street, or making uh, applying religious tests at the border. Uh, in the face of that sort of rhetoric, uh, Ryan has proposed a quote-unquote pause in the refugee intake program, which uh, – shuns away from all of those hot-button issues. There, in a nutshell, is his challenge over the next few months, which is to be seen to be acting on things that his caucus truly cares about, but not to be seen to be doing it in a politically damaging way for his party's national ambitions. So if he's that savvy and his political radar is so attuned, do you think he's long for this job, or do you think he sees limited political capital in staying speaker? Paul Ryan has made no representations that he will stay beyond this current Congress. So you have an extraordinary situation, which is Mr. Ryan may be a lame duck. Mr. Obama down the road at Pennsylvania Avenue is certainly a lame duck. And uh, Paul Ryan has ambitions to possibly occupy that big white mansion. He may just 
declare victory and move on. But for the next 18 months or so, we have the extraordinary uh, spectacle of possibly two lame ducks in the two most important offices in the land. And an election year. Well, that makes for a nice mix, certainly for us. CQ Editorial Director David Ellis on Paul Ryan, the new speaker, and the year ahead. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call. Thanks for listening. And until next time, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CQ Now. And you can download our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud.